the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Silicon Valley Business Connections, brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce, where diversity and opportunity are one. From education to employment, entrepreneurship to innovation, this program is your weekly connection to the latest trends and opportunities taking place all across Silicon Valley. Host Carl Davis Jr. talks to the rock stars of Silicon Valley and offers you engaging interviews and insights from local, regional, and internationally acclaimed business leaders, entrepreneurs, and community leaders to help you stay connected. Now, here's your host, Carl Davis Jr. Welcome to Silicon Valley Business Connections. Hi, I'm Carl Davis Jr. I'm your host, but I'm also the president of the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce, where we help all small businesses start, finance, grow, and even exit their businesses. We're located at 25 North 14th Street, downtown San Jose. Or you can reach us via the web at blackchamber.com. In studio with me is my good friend, co-host, producer, Mr. Carl Big Papa Welsh. How you doing this morning, Carl? I'm, I'm doing good. I heard you call me uh, Mini-Me earlier. I'm not too many of you, but, <laughs> but hey, I, I got to tell you, I'm very honored for this guest. Uh, I'll let you introduce you to her, um, but I'm very honored that she's a part of the show today. Yeah, Carl had a chance to meet her earlier. Today, uh, audience, you're going to hear from Miss Shelley Archambault. And Shelly has the distinguished sort of uh, career of having, I don't know, Shelly, did you start MetroStream or you just became the CEO of MetroStream? I was hired to be the CEO of a company that was the predecessor to MetroStream. So it was a restart. The oh, company was basically trying to die. <laughs> I was oh. hired to save it. <laughs> well, bring, well, we're bringing on the doctor, y'all. So you would know right now, this <laughs> is the doctor, Ms. Shelly Archambault. Shelly, we have so many things to talk about. But the first thing I know all our listeners want to know is, who is Shelly Archambault? And what makes you tick? <laughs> so, who is Shelly Archambault? Well, you know, it all starts with where we all came from. So I am one of four children. My parents were crazy. They had four children in five years. Wow. Can you imagine? My, bro- right. My brother, who is the baby, is less than five years younger than I am. Wow. Crazy. Wow. Uh, I, could just picture, exactly. I could just picture that view around the house. Mama's belly is sticking out for, the, for five straight years, huh? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, and uh, my father was working and tr- trying to obviously uh, strive and achieve and support his family. So we ended up moving around a lot as he took advantage of different opportunities. So I would describe myself as a nomad. We lived in seven states by the time I was wow. in high school. Wow. Wow. Right. So who is Shelly? All right. One of four, which mm-hmm. tends to make you a bit competitive, especially mm-hmm. when you're all that close in age. So definitely ambitious and a planner. You know, I learned early on that the odds weren't necessarily in my favor. Mm. Uh, I grew up during the 60s and 70s. So it was the height of the civil rights time frame, height of women's rights, a lot of Mm -hmm. things going on, which means there were lots of challenges. Mm -hmm. So all that helped shape my view that, yes, I can achieve probably anything I want to achieve, but 
the odds aren't in my favor. So I have to mm. figure out how to improve my odds. Mm. And that's what I really learned that planning can make a big difference with that. So that when you think about me, nomad, competitive, ambitious, <laughs> I'm a planner. Uh, and what else would I say? I'm also, as an adult, I love to, I love people. Mm. I mean, generally, I really generally like people, different cultures, different backgrounds. I mean, all of that. So I tend to be very engaged in, in different ways. I enjoy cooking, entertaining, um, traveling. So, so, so do you think that because do you think that because you were a nomad when you were young and you and uh, you guys traveled a lot and you had a lot of siblings that were close together? Do you think that actually added to or created the, the woman that you are, or, or what helped you become that that driven, successful uh, uh, um, entrepreneurial um, person? Oh, I believe it absolutely did. That's why I took the time to give you a little bit of the background. I mean, growing up in my family, we played, gosh, we played games. You know, when it was time to do something, et cetera, it, whether it was cards or board games or <laughs> outside stuff, whatever it was, it was games. And it was all about winning. So, yes, absolutely ambitious. And then grades, you know, who came back with, who came home with the best report cards. And I mean, it was just all of those because we were all so close in age. Uh, so the environment was definitely com- competitive, but supportive. And mm-hmm. when you think about all the moving around, what it did was it taught me how to adapt. Mm, that's huge. And that's it is because every situation, whether it's a personal situation, business situation, et cetera, they're all different. Mm-hmm. So learning to adapt is important. I think Moving around also taught me resilience, mm-hmm. especially during the time period that I grew up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all of that has played a key role in who I am today mm-hmm. and in my, what should I say, what, what drives my overall ambition. Well, you know, there's a, a couple of very key points you brought out. Healthy competition. There's nothing wrong with healthy competition. Uh, you also brought out something that is uh, maybe not so necessarily true for everyone else when you move around like that. Some people don't adapt so easily, but you were able to do that, and that sort of bode well for you and your career, which leads me to this uh, next question. I want to talk a little bit about your company, MetroStream, and you could tell us a little bit about that history and how it was fledgling and you came, and what did you do to bring it up, Shelley? Certainly. So Zaplet was a company that had raised $100 million during the bubble of 99, 2000, 2001 period. And when I got there, now fast forward, it's now 2003, they had less than $10 million left. Wow. Wow. They hadn't sold any new customers in over in almost a year. Um, they were still burning significant cash. So mm-hmm. they were really on their way out of business if they didn't figure out how to stem that tide. Mm-hmm. And for me, you know, people would say, well, gosh, Shelly, why would you take that job? <laughs> <laughs> right? And you have to understand the time frame. So the time frame was, this is about a year or so after the bubble absolutely burst. Mm-hmm. Lots of companies had gone out of business. Mm-hmm. So there were literally hundreds of CEOs with experience from the Valley looking for CEO jobs mm-hmm. because of all the companies that had gone under. Mm-hmm. And here's Shelley. I don't even live in Silicon Valley yet. Oh, yeah. where, where were you at at the time? 
at the time I was in Dallas, Texas is where I lived. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I was commuting. Mm-hmm. I commuted for a job prior. I was working for Loud Cloud for Ben Horowitz and Mark Andreessen. Oh, but I was okay. commuting. I hadn't actually moved my family. Mm-hmm. So I didn't necessarily look like the typical Silicon Valley CEO. Mm-hmm. I didn't have an engineering degree. I was a sales, marketing, go-to-market kind of person. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I knew that I wasn't going to get an A play. An A play is a company that the venture capitalists believe will be successful. Mm-hmm. So I said, fine, let me go after, you know, back to planning and strategy. Mm-hmm. Let me go after a C play. A C play to me was a company that had good ingredients, good bones, something that you could do with it, but was broken and needed fixing, but that was supported by top-tier investors Mm. because that would help improve the odds of success Mm -hmm. because you'd get that overall leverage. And that's what I did. Kleiner Perkins, specifically Vinod Kosla, hired me to be CEO of what was called Zaplet, and it was broken. Matter of mm. fact, you think you know all the ways in which it was challenged, but when you get in, you find out even more. <laughs> um, and what it took, really, was trying to figure out, given that the market had changed, mm-hmm. it wasn't that it was a bad company, mm-hmm. it's just that the market had changed. So given the market changed, what was the problem that we could solve with the technology capability that we had that was a must need to solve problem, not a nice to need, nice to solve problem. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because times are tough right now and companies aren't buying new software unless they can get a return very, very quickly. What does, so uh, just, what does MetroStream do, Shelley? Like what, so what, what Met- was it? So what MetroStream now does, mm-hmm. exactly. So the problem we decided to solve mm-hmm. was one around helping companies manage risk and compliance. Because back then, Sarbanes-Oxley was out. You had major issues happening with WorldCom, et cetera. So companies were holding CEOs Mm -hmm. and senior executives and boards accountable, which means they had to get better at managing those processes. So we developed software to help companies better manage risk and compliance to improve their overall business performance. Now, we were new. There was no space called this. So we had to evangelize, which we did for a number of years. And finally, the industry analyst said, oh, there's a new space, and it's called Governance, Risk, and Compliance, and MetricStream is a leader. Wow. Wow. Man, Shirley. And from that point onward, we had steady, steady growth up and to the right. Wow. You know, we got about two minutes before our first half. Can you believe how fast it went? I want to ask you a question. Where do you see the future of MetricStream in the next maybe minute and a half? Can you share that? Certainly. So MetricStream has tremendous opportunity in front of it. It is the largest independent leader in governance, risk, and compliance. So I see MetricStream's opportunities to continue to scale on a global basis and solve really meaningful problems for customers. Mm-hmm. Carl, is there something so, well, you want to Well, she, she, I was wondering, I know we got, we're about to go into a break so we can bring this back up uh, on the back end, but you've worked with some incredible people, and, and you obviously uh, led them well, Kleiner Perkins, uh, Mark Andreessen, and, and, and we want to talk about the blockbuster, how you are, were president of that. I think, uh, I think the one thing that we want to say is your relationship, you knew Roy Clay at that time, didn't you? Yes, absolutely. Knew, or no, I still know Roy Clay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we love Roy, and Roy's been on the show, and we're going to have him on again. 
Oh, yeah. So Shelly, icon in technology. Yeah, Shelly. Well, we're going to leave it right there for this first half, and we're going to bring it back. We're listening to Silicon Valley Business Connection, and we're talking to Miss Shelly Archambault. This is Silicon Valley Business Connections with Carl Davis Jr., brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce. More information about today's show is available by going to the Chamber's website, blackchamber.com, or call 408-288-8806. Now, back to Silicon Valley Business Connections. Wow. We've got every woman (laughs) in Miss Shelley Archambault. She's our guest for today. How are you doing today, Shelley? Doing well. Thanks, Carl. Well, Shelly, you know, uh, we were talking about a couple of different things during break, and uh, and Carl had a question he wanted to ask you, so let me defer that to Carl. Go ahead, Carl. Thank you for that toss. So, uh, now, Shelly, she says earlier how, I mean, she's very vibrant, right? She's exuberant. She's got a flair for marketing. Uh, I'm not sure if you know this, Carl, but she was the first African-American female executive to get an overseas assignment from IBM. I worked at IBM. How come they didn't give me that? Oh, <laughs> well, right. intelligence has something to do with it, I'm assuming. Uh, she was the top woman of influence in Silicon Valley in 2008. She was the uh, top African-American in IT in 2009 and the second most influential African-American in IT in 2013. So, Shelly, my question would be this. Have you always wanted to be a CEO of a company, or when you were younger, did you want to be an astronaut, or what was your goal when you were growing into the business? Actually, Carl, I decided in high school that I wanted to run a business. (laughs) There you go. I loved working and leading clubs, French Club, American Field Service, National Honor Society. Whenever I joined, I always found myself ending up leading it or having at least a leadership position. And the guidance counselor said, well, if you like leading clubs, you'll enjoy leading businesses. And I was like, done. I'm going to go be CEO of a company. So they recognized that in you when you were 15 years old. (laughs) Early on. And I don't even know if she really meant it when she said it, but I sure took it seriously. (laughs) So, you know, back to the point that I made earlier, I said, great. I looked around. I didn't see CEOs that looked like me. So I knew the odds weren't in my favor. So I had to put a plan in place to figure out how to make it happen. And for me, it was getting credibility. So I went to Wharton um, and indeed got a a business degree and then went to IBM. At the time, in the early 80s, it was the top technology company. So I said, great, I'm going to go IBM and I'll just go be CEO of IBM. (laughs) (laughs) Really? I love that. I love it. Yeah, I did. You can ask my parents. That absolutely was my goal. So I then got to the point at IBM where, frankly, there wasn't an African-American female higher than me in the company. My boss was John Joyce, who reported to Lou Gerstner, the CEO. Um, But I decided that I'd done large, and I really wanted the whole Internet, you know, dot-com, growing companies. I said, I've done large. Let me try to do small, because I didn't feel, frankly, that IBM was paying me what I was worth. So I went off and, again, research said that when people leave big companies and go to small companies um, to leave them, they tend to fail their first time because things are just a little different. You know, mm. cash is important, whereas a big company don't care about cash, right? Mm-hmm. Resourcing is different, all those things. Well, frankly, as a minority female, I don't believe I have as many strikes at bat. So I have to improve my, improve my odds to be successful right out of the gate. So I said, let me go get officer-level roles, a seat at the table to understand what's different. Mm. And that's what took me to Blockbuster. Blockbuster was starting a brand-new Blockbuster.com division. I became CEO at Blockbuster.com and got that launched and built. 
unfortunately became clear that Blockbuster really didn't have the vision for where the market was going, and that's when I went out to Silicon Valley. Uh, The chief marketing officer and EVP roles at LoudCloud and then at Northpoint, and then was hired to be CEO of Metricstream, so by Kleiner Perkins. So So all the steps worked. So, so what now? Is this the second phase, the third phase, the fourth phase of your life? What, what can we see coming out of, out of Miss Shelley Archambault coming in 2018 or 2020? Well, thanks. Actually, I'm now officially in phase two. Hey. Uh, it's interesting. Back to my plan. I'd always planned phase one was all about becoming CEO. So once I became CEO, and this was, by the way, when I was, well, I guess was, I was 40. So this was a while ago when I became CEO. I said, all right, now I've got to start planning for my phase two. What happens after CEO? Uh, because I believe if you plan, then it just becomes easier to execute and right. get what you actually want. So phase two, for me, is all about flexibility. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I decided to go into phase two now is my husband actually has health challenges. And I've blogged about this, so it's public, it's public knowledge. Um, he has cancer. And we learned that it's progressed and said, you know what, I want more flexibility so I can spend a bit more time in different ways. Because when you're a CEO, you are 24 by 7, always on, Mm. always on a plane, right, always on call. Mm -hmm. So that's why I went into phase two. And so I will continue with board governance. I'm working on projects to help growing companies, doing some public speaking. I just signed with a speaking bureau called Leading Authorities. I'm writing a book. Um, focused on how to get what you want out of life and basically supporting the different organizations, et cetera, and helping to drive community. Wow. And I'm a big believer in helping to support, especially women and minorities. And I believe in the power of community and sharing. So I'm even spending more time on social media, et cetera, just trying to share more uh, with others about what I've learned throughout my career, my experiences. So, so speaking about um, how to help others and helping women and minorities, uh, I, I, I was honored to be this weekend at the Accord Black Gala, which you um, were there and speaking and did just that. You gave recognition to not only some nonprofit organizations, but you gave recognition. And there were all these uh, diversity and inclusion organizations um, from these high tech so that in itself says an awful lot about where you're going. Uh, how, how, how was that organization, uh, how was that event actually um, organized? And then that, that goes along with what you're trying to do, right? Help other uh, organizations, help minority organizations, help uh, uh, female-led organizations? Absolutely. So that actually Code Black Gala was the brainchild of Angela Johnson at Uber. Right. Uh, she's a lawyer at Uber, also happens to be a, a young woman that I know, and it was actually in my kitchen that she mentioned <laughs> this idea of wouldn't it be, doesn't it make sense to try to coordinate more black history events so people could actually leverage all and learn and participate in a variety of things versus just what their individual company does. So 40 companies later, they actually did just that because I told her, go for it. This is exactly what we need to be doing in terms of driving community and sharing. Man, that's a very powerful, Shelley. I know all the things you've done and are, I want to kind of align our Black Chamber of Commerce to someone like you. So later we'll definitely talk about how you can help our chamber, too, because uh, through you and your connections, I believe what we're doing 
you know, can really help the community. And speaking of that, uh, I know our listeners are, are pretty broad, but uh, young African-American women, listen to this. Is there some pointers that you would like to give them? I know you've really stressed a point about, you know, being able to see yourself early doing something and you're a great planner. Is there other tips that you want to give those young ladies who listen to this program? Yes, I'll tell you, I believe that most women and minorities actually underestimate their capabilities and their opportunities. Mm. You know, I've always believed that you can have anything you want in life, not not necessarily at the same time, Mm -hmm. uh, as long as you're willing to do the work and execute to a plan. Mm. So my biggest advice is decide what do you want. And if you can't think out 20 years, that's okay. 10 years, five years, but pick what you want. And then determine, if I want this, what has to be true for me to get it? Right. Mm. And then how do I make it true? So that's how you put together a plan. And it has worked for me. So I encourage people to really do it. Be thoughtful. Um, and then make sure that the decisions you're making every day align with the plan. Because, frankly, right. it's your everyday decisions that determine your trajectory. Wow, man, you have to preach that. Preach that, Shelly. That is so true. Preach it. Yeah, now is is all of that going to be a part of the book that you're writing, or or are you writing the next Wakanda uh, movie? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. All that I talked about is what I plan to talk about in the book, how to get what you want out of life and really leveraging that overall approach. And it's also leveraging, you know, community. I talked about that earlier, Mm -hmm. but you have to get engaged and involved. You know, for instance, one of the... um, one of the things that I do to give back is I do an annual entrepreneurs conference for women in mm-hmm. conjunction with Watermark. So our next one, I'll give a little plug, is October 16th in Mountain View. But basically, it's for people who are interested, whether they're doing it now or thinking about it in the future, to get all kinds of insight and perspectives on what does it really take to build a business and be an entrepreneur. Well, we love that, Shelley. As a matter of fact, um, for those who are, are listening, it's their first time listening, we're going to, at the end of the show, give some links that people can not only uh, hear the show later, uh, but we definitely want to plug what you're doing October 16th. How could people help, you know, kind of, or follow you, Shelley? Is there a blog or other ways that people, if they're interested in trying to just connect with you, how could they connect with you? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, part of phase two, I'm also trying to just be a bit more accessible and, and sharing because now I have some time to do that. So I have my own website, ShellyArshambeau.com, and you can read blog posts and all kinds of things there. Uh, you may have to spell that, Shelly. You may have to spell uh, that Archambault because or, I remember, and even Shelly. Well, even Shelly is not spelled. I, it's not <laughs> regular. You're, You're not a regular woman. <laughs> spell it. All right, here it goes. Ready? Uh-huh. S-H-E-L-L-Y-E, Archambault, A-R-C-H-A-M as in Mary, B as in boy, E-A-U. Oh, a little so French. Is that, is that French, Archambault? It is French. Every it time I French. hear her name, I think about a beignet. So now... <laughs> <laughs> now you know why. Now I know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's actually France to Jamaica to the States. There you go. Wow. Wow. That's, how our, that's how our French happened. Wow. Um, but you can also connect with me on LinkedIn, on Instagram, Twitter, uh, and my handle there is Shell, first four letters of my name, S-H-E-L, and then Archambault, as I just spelled it. Wow, Shelly. Well, we got about 30 more seconds, Shelly. Is there any parting remarks you'd like to give our listeners? You know, my, my, biggest, my biggest advice is decide what you want to go do mm-hmm. and really be thoughtful of how you go after it. 
But one quick thing is find a cheerleader. Life mm. is challenging. We have lots of ups and downs. Mm-hmm. And not all of us are capable of pulling ourselves out of our downs. Mm. So find a cheerleader in life. Husband, spouse, mother, parent, friend, it doesn't matter. But somebody that you tell them, you're now my cheerleader. Yeah. So when I go through these ups and downs, you make sure I get back up again. Well, Shelly, that's been so fantastic. And we just look forward to bringing you on again. Now, we're out of time right now, but we want to say thanks to our guest, Ms. Shelly Archambault. Yes, thank you very much. And as again, we've, we've said earlier, if you want to listen to this podcast, if you miss it, you can get it on blackchamber.com under our radio show and podcast. Until then, we just got to say stay connected. You're listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections. You've been listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections with Carl Davis Jr. and brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce. More information about today's show is available by going to the Chamber's website, blackchamber.com. That's blackchamber.com. Or call 408-288-8806. That's 408-288-8806. Copies of our podcast are available online at blackchamber.com. If you would like to know more about a specific guest or make recommendations for upcoming guests and topics, email info at blackchamber.com. Keeping you connected. Silicon Valley Business Connections. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.